0: Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're doing a series called Get Your Heart Into Shape. And we've been talking about how to get your heart into position so that the life of God can flow through it. You see, God is spirit. And he sends his spirit life and blessings to our spirit, first of all. And then they come out from our spirit through our heart into our lives. Our heart is like a pump like our natural heart, that receives the life of God from the Spirit and releases it to wherever it's needed, it releases it into our life. And so the condition of our heart, which is the place where we do our believing, is vital to our whole life. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues, the forces of life, coming out of your spirit have got to come through your heart. You see we're connected to God, we contact God spirit to spirit. John 22, 4.24 says God is spirit and those who worship or contact him must worship him, contact him in spirit and in truth. And so don't look for circumstances to find out the will of God That just breeds passivity, because you'll just think, well, whatever happens is God's will, and therefore we just kind of go with circumstances, we're passive. No, the will of God is in your spirit, and we are to bring the will of God, which is in heaven, to be on earth as we pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to bring the will of God from heaven to earth. We do it through our spirit. We contact God's spirit with our spirit. He channels his life through our spirit. And so the will of God is in your spirit. And we need to see that and receive it into our heart by faith and release it into our life by our corresponding words of actions. You know, we create the atmosphere, whether it be heaven or whether it be hell, we create the atmosphere by our meditations, by our words, by our actions, the atmosphere around us. God's life is in our reborn spirit, as Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, that's the water of salvation, will never thirst. For this water that I will give him will become in him a fountain, a spring of water, springing up to everlasting life. It will be a fountain of life within us, in our spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and recreates our spirit and it becomes this fountain of life that is flowing from within us and it's got to flow out through our heart. John seven thirty eight. Jesus said, he who believes in me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water, which he spoke about the Spirit. And in the last three messages we've seen the three main blockages we must avoid, things if we let them get into our heart and abide there, they will cause our heart to become hard. It will cause our heart to stop receiving and releasing the life of God in us. Today, we've dealt with the blockages, so today we're going to see positively how we can get our heart into shape so that it functions powerfully in pumping out the spirit life of God. Well, the number one key to success not just naturally but particularly spiritually uh, and getting our heart into shape is essential how do we do that the number one key is meditating on the Word of God so what I want to share today about we saw this already Proverbs 420 my son attend to my words the words of God incline my your ear to my sayings. Do not let them, my words, depart from your eyes. Keep them, my sayings, in the midst of your heart. You've gotta get God's word down into the middle of your heart. For they are life, God's words are life to those who find them. And God's sayings are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart, how? By getting the words of God into your heart keep your heart with all diligence for out through it, out from your heart flow the issues of life. And so the number one key for your spiritual life is to get the word of God into your heart, into the midst of your heart. Then the springs of life in your spirit will be able to flow. The heart will be in shape, in condition to receive and release that life of God within you. But we have to be diligent in the word of God. And so uh, meditation is the method by which we take the Word of God and internalize it, praise God, and make it part of us. That's how we get it in our heart. And I wanna talk about how how we are to meditate on the Word of God. Well, how important is the Word of God? And I find with a lot of sermons and a lot of conferences and so on, that the word of God is hardly mentioned. It's all the speaker's own thoughts. And they just quote the Bible occasionally just to create the illusion that the talk is from the Bible. The word is not treated as if it was central or even relevant to the spiritual life. You know, God's word is not, uh, God's power is in his word, not in human thoughts. to me, if a message doesn't center on God's word, and, and that it doesn't come out of God's word, then it has no real value of any, any lasting value. It's just spiritual candy, it's entertainment, that there can be no lasting fruit. Don't listen to anyone who downgrades the Bible as if it's not essential, because God actually values his word most highly. I want, you to, sh- I want to show you how much God values his word. Psalm 138 verse two, says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word even above all your name. What an amazing statement. God magnifies his word even higher than his very own name and person and character. That's a, a, an amazing statement to me. Do not devalue the word of God. You must treasure it in the highest way. John 8.31, Jesus told us how we are to be his disciples. He said to those who believed him, these are believers, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, if you meditate in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, that which is in the word shall be revealed to your heart. And the truth of the word that you know shall make you free. That's the key to experiencing the life and the liberty and the blessings of God, is to get the Word of God into your heart. And if you think you can do all right without seriously studying the Word of God and getting it in your heart, if you can do all right without the Word, because you, all you need to do is just, I don't know, go with the, how you've got the Spirit. Uh, if you think you can manage without the Word of God, you are deceived. You've got to be a serious disciple and student of the word of God. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to make it your first priority. You've got to attend to his words. You've got to put them first. You know, in the parable of the sower, the kingdom, uh, this parable, which is the primary parable of Jesus, reveals this, that God's kingdom, his blessing, his life, comes through the word of God planted in the heart The Word is like seed planted in the heart that must grow, and it will produce the good fruit of the Spirit. Matthew 4.14, sorry, Mark 4.14 says, the sower sows the Word, that's the key. And the Bible is like a seed packet, you know, it's full of the seeds of life, but if you have a Bible on your shelf, it might look good it's a seed packet, but do you know while it's on the shelf, it won't produce fruit in your life? Because a seed in the seed packet has all the potential, but it's not doing it. No, for that seed to do its work, it's got to be taken out the seed packet, and it's got to be planted in the ground, and then it will produce fruit. And in the same way, we have to take the word of God out of the Bible and plant it in our heart, then it can produce fruit. How do we get the word? planted and rooted and growing in our heart. It's by meditation. And that's what I want to teach you because it's somewhat of a lost art. But before we leave the parable of the soul, let me just point out that this parable reveals the three blockages, the three dangers that cause the heart to be hardened and unfruitful. And this is what we saw before in the series. The first type of soil that didn't produce fruit was a path, the wayside. It was hardened ground. And this describes the man hardened, with a hardened heart caused by unbelief. And this one can't even understand or receive the word of God because of his hardened heart. And, the, and that's the first problem, is unbelief in the heart. And Jesus tells us what to do about each problem. In the conclusion of the parable he says, let him who hears, let him hear. This wasn't just a nice saying, what he's saying is, let he who has ears to hear the word of God, let him hear and keep on hearing the word of God. In other words, if you've got unbelief in your heart, you can change your heart to good soil by hearing and hearing the word of God. Meditate the Word of God until that heart until you become good ground. Well, the second type of bad soil was shallow soil. And this describes someone who received the word, and, but he only put down shallow roots. And that meant that when the sun and the heat came down, it shriveled up, it didn't have a strong enough root in it. And, and this is the person who has received the word, but then bad things happen to him. Uh, and bad things do happen in life. And then this person becomes offended. They become, they blame God or they have unforgiveness against other people. They, they don't have the root system within them to draw upon the grace of God and overcome that adversity and forgive that person. And as a result, his attitude, bad attitudes, then get into his heart. And these unforgiveness and so on prevents him from bearing fruit. So we saw the second danger of blockaging your heart is when you get offended when you have unforgiveness in your heart uh, because of bad things that happen to you. That's the second thing you've got to guard against. The third one is the soil full of weeds. The the person receives the word, but there's also lots of weeds and competing plants that choke the, the plant. And this describes the blockage of carnality that we saw last time see this person receives the word but because he's preoccupied with natural things you see they're not necessarily evil things but the natural things that are described as the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things the pleasures of life he says all these things he's so preoccupied with these other things all these other things are growing in his heart too, that the life of God that's in him gets choked out and his heart is cluttered up by carnality because he doesn't give special attention to the word of God in him and to the spiritual life in him and it gets choked out because his focus, his meditation, is on other things. And again Jesus's answer is Keep on hearing the word. And that's the fourth soil. The good ground is the one who keeps on hearing the word of God. And his heart is in good condition now for the life and the blessings of God. He becomes fruitful. He brings forth 30, 60, 100 fold. Wonderful fruit comes forth in his life. The spirit of God flows through him. And that's why Jesus, when he concludes the parable, he says in Mark 4:9, He who has ears to hear the word, let him keep on hearing hearing the Word of God. That's the key, get the Word in your heart and then you'll begin to receive and release the life of the Spirit. Psalm 1 is the key verse, isn't it, on meditation. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man. What man? Verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He doesn't just read the Bible, he delights in the Bible. He lives in the Bible. It's his preoccupation. And notice he sees it as the law, not God's suggestion but God's law. He bows to its authority, he receives it as the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night, not just occasionally, it's, it's his, the occupation of his mind, meditates day and night. It's like eating food, you eat food in the morning and the evening and in the middle of the day, it's day and night. In the same way we should be eating the word of God day and night, it says, as a result of that, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. His leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Because of his meditation, he's put down roots deep into the word of God and now he can receive the life of the spirit into himself and it gets released in his life and whatever he does now prospers. That's what I want to be like. This is a tree. He's outwardly strong and blessed. The spirit of God's released in his life. And inwardly what's going on? He's planted himself by the rivers of grace. And his meditation means he's put down strong roots that enabling him to draw out the waters of life. At any time. This is what God said to Joshua was the key to his success in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It should be continually on your lips. That's part of meditation. But you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written there. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then, then when? When you meditate day and night. Then you will have good success. Notice again, we are responsible to make our way successful. God's given us the key. It's meditation. On Timothy 4.15 Paul says to Timothy, meditate on these things, meditate on the Word of God, give yourself wholly to them. This is a lifestyle that your profiting may appear to all, I like that. Your prof- if you meditate on the Word of God, your profiting will appear to all. The life of the Spirit will be released in you and everyone will see that. 3 John 2 says, God prays that we would prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers, you see, that we will prosper in our outward life if our soul prospers in the word of God. That's what he says in verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified that of the truth, that is the word of God, that is in you. They had got the word of God in their heart and therefore their soul was prospering in the word of God. And as a result of that, he says, you're gonna prosper in all things and you're gonna be in health. Praise God. He says, the truth is in you and you walk in the truth and the prosperity will result from that. So this is the key, getting the word in our heart by meditation. I wanna give you some tips right now how you can meditate in the word of God. You see, meditation is like eating. But our spiritual food is the word of God. Do you remember when God fed them with manna in the wilderness? And he actually says in Deuteronomy 8, 3, he says, you know, I, I would use this manna to train you. you. You were hungry, you were needy in the wilderness, and I fed you with daily manna. And this was to train you. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just as you had to collect your daily manna and you lived on that, so you are to collect your daily manna from heaven, the word of God, uh, to, to live, meditate on that word day and night. You see, as you eat the word of God, just like when you eat the bread, it becomes part of you. It releases as you eat it, it releases its life and its substance to you and it becomes part of you. So meditation is to eat the word of God in such a way that it becomes part of you. You internalize it and all the strength and the life that's in that word is released into you, your system. Matthew 4.4, Jesus said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Meditation is eating the word of God, internalizing it. And it's an enjoyable thing. It's something that we should do daily, day and night, and it's enjoyable. Psalm 104, 33 says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I'll sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I'll be glad in the Lord. It's, we enjoy eating our food, don't we? And we should enjoy meditating on the word of God. This isn't some dull duty I'm proposing to you here. This is something that will be enjoyable. We, as we eat physical food two or three times a day for physical strength, so we need to eat our spiritual food for spiritual strength because faith is substance. The Word of God contains the substance in it, and as we eat it, we'll get strong. You know, if I, if I had some food here, uh, say, imagine that I've got an apple here in my hand. I could look at it. I could admire it. I could, you know, rub it on me, but it wouldn't do any good until I actually ate it and got it inside myself. And that's what meditation is. It's not just looking at the Word of God from a distance, it's getting it on the inside of you, chewing on it until it becomes part of you. And then the energy in it is released to your heart. Meditation is like chewing the food, receiving health into our spirit and body. The word for meditation in Greek means to revolve in the mind, to imagine. The Hebrew word means to murmur, to ponder, to imagine, to mutter, to speak it. And what happens when you're meditating, you're talking it over to yourself. You form the words on your lips, you think about them, you say them slowly to yourself, and the truth of that scripture begins to dawn on your heart as as it gets into your heart. I wanna give you the four components to memory, to meditation. Number one, you need to memorize it. That may not be popular but we need to memorize the different scriptures. Number two we need to personalize it. Number three we need to visualize. Number four verbalize. Or, I could put it like this, we need to learn it, we need to identify with it, we need to see it and we need to speak it. Let me unpack that very quickly. See to memorize the Word of God is one of the best things you could do. I'm glad When I was a young Christian, I felt to do that, and uh, I wish I would have kept that up. But parents, you need to tell your children, you need to teach them to memorize a scripture every week. You need to get them to get that word in their heart. Uh, The Jews knew to do this. They got their children to memorize large quantities of scripture, and it's great for your mentality as well. See, Psalm one hundred nineteen eleven says, your word I've hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against you. You've got to hide the word of God in your heart. You see the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring all things back to your remembrance. When you need that. But how can he do that if it's not in you in the first place? You see we are to meditate night and day. But how can we meditate night and day? Well the only way really to do that is to actually have it memorized. Then at any time you can bring it up and say it to yourself, and think about it, and dream about it, and imagine it. You know, one word for meditate is to chew the cud, like a cow chews the cud, what, what, how does that work? He actually swallows his meal, goes into his stomach, and then at a little later time, he, he brings it up again to his mouth, and chews on it a bit more, and then it goes down again. And so we are to have it, if we know the scripture, until you know it, write it down on a card. All right, and in a spare moment you bring it out and you think about it more and you say it to yourself. Then when you've got it memorized, you know, you can bring it up any time and chew on it a bit more. Well, the second thing is to personalize it. You've got to see it as yours. So when it says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, you've got to see that scripture fulfilled in yourself. You've got to personalize it. I am more than a conqueror. That's speaking about me. You've got to see yourself in the scripture. You've got to make that scripture yours. You've got to see how it applies to you. Put yourself in the middle of that scripture. And then connected with that, you've got to visualize it. You visualize the promise fulfilled in you, a more than a conqueror. You start seeing yourself as more than a conqueror. What would it mean if, if that were really true in your life? How would your life be if you were a more than a conqueror in every circumstance of your life? Start visualizing that scripture as coming true in you, you see, and the Holy Spirit will work with you in this because the Holy Spirit says when the Spirit comes, he's poured out. He'll give you dreams and he'll give you visions, Joel 2.28. In other words, the Holy Spirit works with your imagination. Your heart is the place of imagination. In your heart, the Holy Spirit will show you and as you're meditating on the scripture, the Holy Spirit will show you in dream and vision He'll make that scripture come alive. Your your imagination will see see that true about yourself. It will change your self-image. And as Corinthians 3.16 and 17 and 18 says, that as we actually see as in a mirror who we are in Christ, the Spirit of God is changing us into that very image. As we see the image of who we are and what we are in Christ. We are being changed to that image as we meditate the word of God. We see that true in ourselves and we are actually changed to be like that. And then finally we need to verbalize. We need to speak the scripture because as you speak it that strengthens the image. That's that, And it removes the other thoughts that are cluttering your your image, your meditation. So as you Speak the scripture to yourself again and again, so that scripture becomes stronger in you. You see, we do it all in the presence of God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Do it in the sight of God. See, the image of God's promise fulfilled in you is what the Bible calls hope. We are to put on a helm, as a helmet the hope of our salvation. We've got to see the image of that in our imagination, and the word hope includes two thoughts. Number one, it's something we desire. You must desire it, and and as you meditate on the word, you must desire that word to be fulfilled in you. But the, it's not just desire, but it's also assurance. As you meditate the word, th- there comes a wonderful time when that assurance of that scripture being true in your life is given to you, and you know you have it. Let me give you a verse on each on desire it says Psalm 37 3 trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness meditate on his word delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart in other words as you put the Lord first as you meditate on him he'll give you the desires of your heart what does that mean he works through your desires he will form the desires in you as you see who you should be as you desire that He works through the desires as you do this in his presence. He'll give you the desires and then he'll he'll work through those desires and those desires will come to pass. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He will bring it to pass. Well, praise God.